praise the Lord. Amen. Let's take our Bibles this morning and turn to the book of 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy chapter number 1. 1 Timothy chapter number 1, verses 7 through 10. 1 Timothy chapter number 1, verses 7 through 10. I'm glad to be a part of a good church, ain't you? I, I don't, I, I'm so thankful that, that most of my, all of my life that I can know of, that I can remember, that I can recognize being alive, that God has always blessed Westside. And I praise Him for that, don't you? I'm just thankful for it. Um, I, all I can do is praise Him. I, I don't know why, I know how, I know who, but I'm thankful I'm thankful we're here this morning, ain't you? I'm thankful our church is still here this morning. I'm glad it'll be here tonight. Amen? Amen. Thank God for His grace and mercy on our church. 1 Timothy chapter number 1, verses 7 through 10. The Bible says, Desiring to be teachers of the law, understanding neither what they say, nor whereof they affirm. But we know that the law is good, if a man use it lawfully, knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous man, but for the lawless and disobedient, for the ungodly and for sinners, for unholy and profane, for murderers of fathers and murderers of mothers, for manslayers, for whoremongers, for them that defile themselves with mankind, for men-stealers, for liars, for perjured persons, and if there be any other thing that is contrary to sound doctrine. Heavenly Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you, Lord, for our worship time. Lord, we amen it, we exalt you, we worship you. Lord, you are the one and only Lord. There is none else besides thee. We worship you and thank you for everything. You are the triune God, and Jesus, Lord, you are our Savior And we thank you so much for your grace and mercy. We pray, Lord, for that once more, your grace, your mercy, that that us as Christian people could experience it again anew. And Lord, maybe some that's never been saved, Lord, that they could receive you by faith. Lord, come to you. And Lord, I pray they could experience the grace and the mercy that can only be found in you, O Lord. We love you and thank you. And in Jesus Christ, Lord, your name we pray and ask these things. Amen. The law is good. Amen. The law is good. Now, what is the law of God? What is God's law? Well, I would say that to understand this passage today, maybe to simplify it, think about the moral law of God. When we think about the moral law of God, what what do I mean by that? I mean the Ten Commandments, God's moral law. They are eternal, they are timeless. And some would say, wait a minute now, we're beyond the law. Now I know that we're beyond maybe the ceremonial law of the Old Testament. We're certainly beyond the civil law of the Jewish nation that God had given to the Jews. But we are not past the moral law of God. Thou shalt not lie, amen? Would you agree that that is a timeless law? (laughs) We're We're not past that, are we? Thou shalt not murder. Should we, uh, should we live in such liberty to say that, well, the law is gone, I'm just going 
I tell you what, I'm going to kill Bryson after service today. And my excuse will be Sherry, that's his wife. My excuse will be, well, we're, we're, not, we're not under the law no more, Sherry. <laughs> so I can get away with it. No, you would agree that uh, the law is good, isn't it? That I should not kill Bryson. Amen? Amen. We need, it. We need our choir director too. <laughs> it's in our interest to not get rid of him. So, but the law is good, isn't it? It is good. What is the law of God? The law of God, I heard one man say, and I amen this, it is God's absolute demand on his moral creatures. That is the law of God. It is God's absolute demand. God demands this. God demands this upon his moral creatures. Even in our text this morning, it says that the law is good. It's good if we use it lawfully and rightly. So what is the law for then? If we know that the law of God is God's moral absolutes, that His demands, that He demands, that you and I should hold to and value and act upon His moral creatures, then what is the law of God for? Well, first of all, we know what it is not. The law of God is not for righteousness. Nobody can become righteous by doing good. Amen? No one can. The law of God is not for righteousness. Even God declared Abraham righteous some 400 years before the law of Moses was ever given. Before God ever penned the Ten Commandments on Mount Sinai with His own hand, Abraham was declared righteous through faith before the law ever existed. So we know that the law of God cannot produce righteousness, even in the book of Galatians, chapter number 3 and verse number 21, Paul the Apostle says that if the law then, is the law then against the promises of God, God forbid, for if there had been a law given which could have given life, verily righteousness should have been by the law. And so for anyone here this morning that thinks, well, I'm going to I'm going to turn over a new leaf. I'm going to start doing good. And by by me doing good, I'm going to be righteous. I'm going to be right with God, in other words. I'm going to start doing a bunch of good things. I'm going to turn my life around. And by me doing that, I'm going to be right with God. That's what righteousness means. The problem is, is that if there was a law that could have made you righteous, we would be doing it, wouldn't we? If there was something that we could do to make us good... Then, then there would be some, there would be some law given which would have given us life. But verily, righteousness isn't by the law. So righteousness, the law is not for righteousness. The law of God is also not for righteous people, unfortunately. Look at verse number nine. Knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous man. The law of God, God's absolute demands on His moral creatures is not made for a righteous man. And who is it for then? Look at verse number 9. Knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous man, but for the lawless. What is the law of God for then? The law of God is for the lawless and the disobedient, for the ungodly and for sinners and for unholy and profane. That's who the law of God is for. The law of God, thou shalt not, is for the lawless and the disobedient. It's not to make one righteous. It is made for un, 
righteous people. Now, before we go any further, there's a list of activities in verses 9 through 10. And not one of them God approves of. Not one of these behaviors does Jesus condone. Look at verse 9 again. That the law is what? It's for lawless, disobedient, for the ungodly, it's for sinners, for unholy and, and profane. The law is for murderers and murderers, murderers of fathers and murderers of mothers and manslayers. And for whoremongers, let's do some interpretation, some defining, that's for fornicators. For them that defile themselves with mankind, that's for homosexuals. For men-stealers, that's for kidnappers and sex traffickers. For liars and for perjured persons. People who don't tell the truth. There isn't a behavior on that list that God approves of. There isn't one activity on the list of verses 9 through 10 that God condones. There isn't one of those activities there that God says, that's all right, you go for it. Not one. Now some would say, now wait a minute, Josh. I thought that Jesus loves me. He does, amen. Jesus loves you. <laughs> but some would say, well, since Jesus loves me, he don't condemn me. And you can't get up here and condemn me. Now, I want you to know it's not I who does it, but it is the law of God that does it. Not some might even think here this morning. You might think, well, I can, base, I can live a certain lifestyle because Jesus loves me and Jesus cares about me and Jesus doesn't condemn me. But if you turn to the book of John, chapter number 3, I want to show you something. Now, you are absolutely right in your theology. <laughs> Jesus doesn't condemn you. Jesus absolutely does not condemn you for being a fornicator. He doesn't condemn you for being a murderer. <laughs> Jesus doesn't condemn you for being a kidnapper. Jesus doesn't condemn you for defiling yourself with mankind. Think about that. Look at what Jesus says in John chapter 3, verse number 17 and 18. Do I have your attention? <laughs> For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world. Amen. But that the world through Him might be saved. So Jesus came not to condemn, but to save, didn't He? He came to save sinners. So does Jesus then condone all this behavior? Well, then who would He be saving in verse number 17? Whom needs to be saved? Look at verse 18. He that believeth on him is not condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned already? So Jesus don't have to condemn, does he? Does he? You're already condemned. Already. <laughs> See, people get awful confused, don't they? They get the part right where Jesus loves me. This I know for the Bible tells me so. Amen. But they forget the part of Scripture where the law of God demands righteousness. Now there's not a one of us here this morning that has all the time for all of our lives told the truth, is there? Has anybody here ever told a lie? Amen. Has anybody here ever committed adultery? Silent there, amen. Have I told you that joke one time these three preachers went fishing? 
And the three preachers went fishing and they said, you know what, we're together and since we're all since we're all ministers, we rarely get to let our hair down. And since we're all ministers fishing together, let's let our hair down a little bit. Let's share with each other what we're struggling with. And the one preacher said, all right, I'll start. He said, you know, sometimes at night I like to get a little bit drunk. And I struggle with that, and I need help with that. The second preacher said, okay, I, I, sometimes I struggle with adultery, and I, I, I need some help with that. And the third preacher said, yeah, I'll share, you, I'll share mine with you. Sometimes I struggle with gossip, and I need help with that. <laughs> and the first two looked at each other and thought, uh-oh, maybe we should have let him go first. <laughs> Somebody might say, well, I'm not a liar. I would say to you, according to Scripture, thou shalt not lie. Amen? You liar. <laughs> Jesus loves you, amen? He does. I'm glad that Jesus loves you, aren't you? And but some get it halfway, half, they get it half wrong, they're half right, they leave the other part off. Since Jesus loves me, Jesus don't condemn me, and since Jesus don't condemn me, I can be a manslayer, I can abuse myself with mankind, I can, I, I can kidnap. Hey, hey, Jesus don't judge me, that's right, He don't judge, He don't condemn yet, by the way. He don't condemn, but you've forgotten one problem. You're already condemned. Already. Jesus don't have to condemn you. The law has condemned you. John chapter 3, verse number 18. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. You're already condemned, amen? I want to read you uh, some scripture to prove the point. Ezekiel chapter 18, verse number 20. The soul that sinneth it shall die. Have you ever sinned? For all have sinned and what comes short of the glory of God. And the soul that sinneth it shall die because God's law, it demands absolute righteousness. Galatians 3.10 Cursed is everyone that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. Have you ever broken one of God's Ten Commandments? God says then cursed is everyone that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. Isaiah 59 verse number 2 says but your iniquities have separated you from your God and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. Romans chapter 6, verse number 23. For the wages of sin is what? Death. Already condemned, right? Already cursed. John 8, 24. Listen what, the, listen what our Lord and Savior said. You shall die in your sins. That don't sound like a loving Jesus, does it? But he is loving. You shall die in your sins, for if you believe not that I am he, you shall die in your sins. What is he saying? If you don't believe that I am the Savior, you will die in your sins. Why? Because you're already condemned, that's why. You're already condemned. Jesus didn't have to come and condemned the world. The world was already condemned to die. Already cursed. Hebrews 9, 27. 
Anybody who thinks, well, I'm going to escape it. I'm going to get away from it. I'm going to outrun it. It's not going to get me. No, not me. Hebrews chapter 9, verse number 27. As it is, as it, as it is appointed unto man once to die, but after this, after this, right? After this. What's the next part? The judgment. After this, the judgment. Already condemned. Jesus don't have to condemn anybody. Already condemned. Amen. You've heard preachers say oftentimes that people don't sin to become a sinner, but they sin because they are sinners. It is their natural behavior to sin. It is their nature to sin. It is their, it is their, uh, it is their makeup to sin. It is, it is their habit to sin because they are born broken. They are born dead in trespasses and sins. They are lost. They are dead. They are sin sick. They are condemned. They are cursed. Is everyone that continueth not in the law of God cursed? Jesus said in John 3, I didn't come to condemn the world. Now I came that the world through me not be saved. The world is already condemned. Already condemned. This morning, if you don't know Jesus, you are condemned. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, after this, the judgment. If you don't know Christ as your Savior, listen to me. Do not ever think that since God is so loving and God is so kind and God is so merciful that God would never condemn me. Listen, you already are condemned. Already. And on the love of God part, for God so loved the world that He sent His only begotten Son. <laughs> to do what? To save the world that is currently now condemned. God so loved the world, He sent His Son for you. Amen? Amen. First Timothy chapter 1, verse 15. Christ Jesus came into the world. First Timothy chapter 1, verse 15. Same chapter of our text. Christ Jesus came into the world, what? To save sinners. That's why I came. That's why I came. Already condemned. So what is the law of God for then? It is to reveal to you what currently is true. It is to tell you the truth. Since you can't be righteous by doing it, because there is none that doeth good, no, not one. You can't be righteous by doing the law. There isn't a law that you can do to make you righteous. The law then does what? The law is telling you and I the truth about ourselves since you and I have lied. Since you and I, somebody would say, well, I've not committed murder in my heart. Yeah, but you hate somebody so much that if they died, you'd say good. And if you could get away with it, you would kill them if you could get away with it. 
And the only reason you haven't maybe is for your own self-preservation, that you love yourself more than you hate them. And if you could get away with it, you'd be just like Cain, and you'd kill your brother Abel. But haven't you learned by now there's not a one of us that have ever gotten away with anything? None of us have. What is the law of God teaching us then? That all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Well, let's put some things together. Now, since we all have sinned, then we all are what? Already condemned. And after death is what? The judgment. Because we are sinners condemned to die and go to a devil's hell... That's what the law of God is saying to you and to me. So that's why Paul says, knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous man. Look at verse 8. But we know that the law is good if a man use it lawfully. How can I use the law of God unlawfully? If I preach today that if you do this, you'll be good. There's nothing that you can do to make you good. Amen? If I use the law of God or a preacher or a church or organization that, hey, all you need to do is stop doing this, feel sorry about it, and quit doing it, and if you'll stop and quit doing it, you'll be good. That's using the law of God unlawfully. No, you can't quit, and you did do it because you are already condemned. Amen? Already. Now let's flip to the good news. Romans chapter 8, verse number 1. Now there is therefore no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. Amen? No condemnation. So Jesus came into the world to save people who were already condemned. To save homosexuals, to save kidnappers, to save murderers, to save liars, to save perjurers, to save the to save the guilty, to save the sinners, Christ came into the world to save them. That's why Christ came. Amen? This is a faithful saying worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Amen? Already condemned. But there is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. Amen? Look at the book of Galatians. What is the law for? Galatians chapter number 2. Galatians chapter number 2. Look, if you will. Galatians chapter number 2. Excuse me, chapter 3, verse 24. Galatians three twenty-four. Paul says this about the law of God. So the law is not to make us righteous. The law is not for righteous people. The law reveals to you and I that we are already condemned. What does the law of God do? Here's what it does. Wherefore, the law was our schoolmaster. Now, schoolmaster back then was a person who cared for the student. They took the kids to school. And while they were at school, they made the kids behave. I guess the parents didn't want to do it. My parents used to tell me this. If you don't act right, this will happen to you. Amen? I can see the future. <laughs> can you? I was like, okay, I surrender. <laughs> I surrender. Wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to what? To bring us to Christ that we might be justified by faith. The law 
brings us to Jesus to do what the law of God could never do, was never designed to do, and has no power to do. The law says, you're condemned already, but don't you want life? You're already unrighteous, but don't you want to be right with God? You're already wicked and unjust and sinful and vile and wretched, and your sins have separated you from a loving and a just God, and your sins have infected every single aspect of who you are, from the way you think, from the way your body behaves, to the language that you use, and what you eat, and what you do in your free time, that your sin has so vilely corrupted you, that you are not only dead, but you are corrupt, and you are wicked, and you are nasty, and you're dirty. Am I telling the truth? Amen? The law of God says this is what you are. And the response should be, I am lost. I'm a lawbreaker, a transgressor, a sinner that deserves to be damned to a devil's hell. For eternity. See, this is the problem with people who say, listen, I can continue in my sin and still know Jesus. You fail to realize that Jesus Christ came to save you from your sin. And you're failing to understand that Jesus, that your sin that is condemned because of God's righteousness. And if you come to receive righteousness through faith in Jesus Christ while maintaining a love and admiration for your sin, then you think that your sins have not condemned you. You think you are righteous. You think you are right with God. You think you are just and that your iniquities have not created wickedness in your life. But wait a minute, Jesus didn't condemn me. That's right, you already are. You already are. The law of God brings us to Jesus Christ so that righteousness can be through faith in Him. That's what God's law does. You still with me? Look at, look at Galatians 2, chapter number, chapter number 2, verse 16. Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law. So listen carefully, and we're going to be through. You cannot be made right by doing good things. It's crazy you even have to say that. 20 years ago, everybody's like, amen. But so many people now think their ticket to heaven is, hey, I treat people good. I'm good to people. I don't bother nobody. I've heard that a thousand times. I've been baptized. I don't bother nobody. I don't mess with nobody. I'm good. Knowing that the man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Jesus Christ that we might be justified, made right with God by the faith of Christ, and not by the works of the law, for by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. Verse 21, I do not frustrate the grace of God, for if righteousness come by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. Why did he die? Why did he suffer? Why did he bleed? Verse 11 of chapter 3, but that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God it is evident for the just shall live by faith 
You won't hear anymore much preaching on the law of God. It seems today that all we decide to preach about is come to Jesus, come to Jesus, come to Jesus. Yes, but why? Why? Why come to Jesus? Why believe on Him? Why surrender all? Why say yes to Him? Why why pray the prayer? Why? Why in the world would you do it? Here's why. Because without Him, you're doomed. Without Christ, you're lost. Without the Lord Jesus, you will meet God in judgment. Without Him, without the crucified Savior who gave His life in, for your sins and took your place and substituted Himself on your account and experienced the wrath of God because you are the lawbreaker and you are the sinner and you are the wicked and you are the ungodly and Christ who came took your place. And so righteousness then is not for anything you can do or what you can muster up, but the righteousness of God comes through faith in Christ who took your place and from last Sunday morning imputed upon all who believe on Him righteousness because God can be just in forgiving you because your sin is paid for in Christ. So come to Jesus and flee the wrath to come. Right with God is through faith in Jesus Christ alone. Amen? Alone. Now wait a minute, I'm going to add something to that. What in the world can you add, man, to the crucified Savior? Nothing. It is believe and trust Christ to be righteous. Not by any good thing that you could ever do. And what a free gift is being offered to some today who might not know Jesus as Savior. Listen, you are already condemned. I pray to God you could see it. You're already condemned. Already. Say, well, when I go to hell. No, you are right now condemned without Jesus. Already. Well, I'm going to be. No, you aren't now. Right now. If you perish today, you will perish. If you died right now without Christ, you will live eternally without Christ. If you reject Jesus today, you might reject Him eternally. You're already condemned already. Already. Well, I'm a good person. Are you really good? Based on whose standard? Yours? Oh, you're not Jeffrey Dahmer. Oh, okay. Does that make you good? That you're not Jeffrey Dahmer? That makes you good? No, let's compare you to Jesus Christ. Let's compare your righteousness to God. Now it's filthy, isn't it? There is none that doeth good. No, not one. You know, that can even be comforting. That truth... To anyone here today that thinks you're an imposter for being here, 
that you think you're lesser than for being here. And you think maybe you're here today, and you think, I don't fit in with all these church people. Who are the, all these sinful church people? Amen? All these people who have no righteousness apart from Christ? These people? These people? The, you're not an imposter. You fit right in. <laughs> think about it. You need Jesus just as much for salvation if you're the vilest wretch among us. That's what you think. But you need Jesus just as much for salvation as an eight-year-old girl who's never been saved. They both need Jesus. Amen? They both are already condemned. Both. You're not an imposter. Jesus loves you. Amen? He didn't come to condemn you. You already are. He came to save you. You say, well, I want to be saved. Okay, listen carefully. I'm about through. You can't be saved by doing good things. For if righteousness came by the law, there would be a law given. They would give eternal life. You can't be saved by doing good. You can't be saved by getting baptized. Amen? If you got baptized lost, you're going to dry off lost. You can't be saved by joining a church. There are people here probably that are members of Westside Baptist Church that are counting on themselves and use Jesus as an ornament of religion and they don't know Christ. And they will take their place with the atheist in hell because those that have the Son hath life and those that have not the Son hath not life. The wrath of God abideth on them. This morning, you can't be made right with God by doing good. You're not made right with God by being here. You're only made right with God by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's it. And isn't that good news? That's good news, isn't it? Because if you're like me, I've tried to be good. <laughs> and I find a law in me that worth against my members that when I seek to do good, evil is always present with me. I'm glad I got a Savior. Amen? <laughs> I'm glad it's not me. I told my mother one time, she, Bryson comes and Sister Bonnie, one time, I've told you before, I think, she said, uh, now you're still with me, amen, we're closing, but somebody might get saved. Some Christian might pick up their cross again, amen? So uh, my mother one time, I must have had a good day, Mama, I don't know. She said, Josh, honey, you know how, you know how the, the, the mothers talk with their children? Josh, honey, that could either mean you mean you're in big trouble, <laughs> or it might be good. Roberta, she said, I'm even embarrassed to say it. She said, you're so good. And I thought, I'm not good. And neither are you. Anyone who thinks that you're good, they're the worst of us all. You have self-righteousness. I'm just going to pick something. I'm going to speak in hyperbole. I'm going to exaggerate my point. Maybe you're here today and you're a prostitute. You're an addict. 
you don't have to, you, you don't, I don't have to convince you that you're, you say, I know I'm not good. Guess what for you? You are closer to the kingdom of God than people who think they are. You come to Jesus, amen. You come to Jesus. Right with God through faith in Jesus Christ. He paid your price. Accept Him as Savior. He paid the debt. Receive Him as your Lord. He suffered and bled, took the wrath of God on His behalf, took your whipping, took your punishment, took your condemnation. That's why those who are in Christ, there is now, right now, no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. Right now. Because Jesus, like we sing, paid it all. Amen? Now, this is actually a two-part sermon. This is why, from last Sunday morning, that it's called the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ our Lord. It's not our righteousness. We don't have any. We don't have any. Today, if you should die, and you will, maybe not today, but there will be a day, and if you can say right now this morning that if I died today, I would not go to heaven. Now, I don't ever want to be confused with presenting Jesus as a get-out-of-jail-free card, but Jesus did present Himself as offering you life. If you died right now, would heaven be your home? Would you be with Christ forever and all the saints singing with the angels? Or if you died right now today, would you be condemned? Because you already are condemned. You already are. You already are. If you don't know Jesus this morning, I'd love to talk with you about that. I'd love to meet you here. I'd love to read you John 3.16 if you want me to. I'd love to share the gospel with you, which is Jesus died for your sins according to the Scriptures. They buried Him, and He arose from the dead the third day according to the Scriptures. And you can cry out to Him for whosoever will, call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, because He ever liveth, don't He? to make intercession. And He lives right now. And He says to you and I, who are broken, who are sin-sick, who are cursed, who are condemned, who are embarrassed, who are grief-stricken, who are ashamed, discouraged, and frustrated that you can't get right, you can't make it right, you can't save yourself, He says unto you, I know you can't. Come unto Me, all you that labor and heavy laden. Aren't you tired? <laughs> I'll give you rest, Jesus said. Hebrews is at chapter 7, there is a rest for the people of God. We can cease from our works and rest in the finished work of Jesus Christ our Lord. If you don't know Christ as Savior, repent and believe the gospel. Let's stand to our feet and sing together. Whatever the need may be, you come to Jesus. Amen? I trust I trust you in the Holy Spirit's hands. Amen. He knows what to do. He knows